The Democrats win on abortion, but future generations will look back in horror. It is a losing issue for Republicans, but they're likely on the right side of history once again. Everything you've heard is true. The Republicans are losing on abortion. They're not motivated to turn out the same way the Democrats are unless Trump is on the ballot. And even then, the GOP is losing at a time when they should be blowing the Democrats out of power for a generation. The war is over and the GOP lost, at least for now. Just as they are on the right side of history with gender-affirming care, there is a chance that their desire to preserve life now might be well regarded in 50 years or so, as fertility, sperm count, and population decline. Suddenly, future generations might think about how casually mothers aborted their pregnancies that are in such short supply. Maybe getting pregnant will be difficult, or carrying a baby to term, or male sperm will be ineffective and everyone will have to turn to labs. Who knows where all this is going? But convincing young women not to have babies when they are in their prime, fertility-wise, might backfire someday. Abortions rally the base. I left the Democratic Party in 2020. I unsubscribed to every database, every mailer, and every text message. I still get their messages, emails, and phone calls three years later. I will never stop hearing from them for the rest of my life. That is how relentless they are. Incredible news, says a text message that sailed into my phone from Sherrod Brown. Podcast listeners, a picture of Sherrod Brown. Incredible news. Ohioans just voted to enshrine abortion rights in our state constitution. This is a big moment for Ohioans, and it adds fuel to our fight to protect abortion access across the country. But here's the deal. I have three self-funding GOP extremists running against me, and all of them would support a national abortion ban. The only way I can defeat them and keep our critical progress is with folks like you by my side. Please, will you confirm your support for reproductive rights by responding to my live poll now? The base of the Democratic Party, older, unmarried Hillary Democrats like I used to be, have one issue left that speaks directly to them. A haunting cry from their past when they still mattered. When women's rights still mattered. When feminism still mattered. For his part, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance responded to the Knight's loss this way, hoping to find some middle ground so Republicans can actually start winning. For podcast listeners, a long tweet by J.D. Vance. I'll only read an excerpt. Quote, as Donald Trump has said, you've got to have the exceptions. I am as pro-life as anyone, and I want to save as many babies as possible. This is not about moral legitimacy, but political reality. I've seen dozens of good polls on the abortion question in the past few months, many of them done in Ohio. Give people a choice between abortion restrictions very early in pregnancy with exceptions, or the pro-choice position, and the pro-life view has a fighting chance. Give people a heartbeat bill with no exceptions and it loses 65 to 35. The reason we didn't lose 65 to 35 last night is that some people who hate no exceptions restrictions will still refuse to vote for things like issue number one, end quote. Republicans must understand what they're up against and how powerful the Democrats have become in the past 20 years. This isn't your mother's Democratic Party anymore. 
This unprecedented alignment of power spreads across culture, corporations, universities, and government, all in complete ideological alignment. And they have an army of zealots who will throw a fit in large numbers when things don't go their way. How could Republicans possibly compete with that? By not allowing them to go on offense, casting the right as the oppressors, which feeds their pathological need to feel like victims and their need to be defined by oppression. Change the conversation away from having the state regulate abortions and put the focus on them and how dramatically they've changed since 1972. What is a woman? Democrats have become completely disconnected from biological reality to the point where they no longer even recognize what a woman is, nor can they define it. They're fine with allowing biological men to compete in sports and steal accolades from women like being the first quote-unquote female chess or Jeopardy champion. Abortion is now all that remains, the only living proof that there ever was a woman's movement, and trust me, they're not giving it up. It reminds them of who they used to be before pregnant people and uterus havers. The only way to defeat this massive coalition of abortion activists is to call them out on their own denial of basic biological reality, which now includes the embryo they helped make. The language around abortion has changed. Pro-choice became safe, legal, and rare, which eventually became pro-abortion. That works best for a generation raised to believe that pregnancies are another form of oppression, Think The Handmaid's Tale. This brilliant exchange from Ben Shapiro is a good example of that. Hi, Ben. Thank you for coming. Um, I just wanted to ask, what is your view on the fact that bans on abortion do lead to about a 21% increase in pregnancy-related deaths when you hold that your views on abortion and abortion bans are based in the fact that you have a desire to protect life and save lives because every human being is made in God's image? because I think we're gonna have a fundamental disconnect here. The entire abortion debate is centered on whether indeed a, an unborn child or a, or a human life with potential is in fact that, or if it is just a ball of cells. If you believe that there is inherent value to a fetus, then I am seeking to preserve that life as well as the life of the mother. If you look at the raw numbers in terms of, for example, in the United States, a million abortions a year, let's assume that laws banning abortion in the United States were universal, those million abortions go away tomorrow. That's an effective law, the abortions go away, but there's also a concomitant increase in the number of women who are seeking back alley abortions, for example. There's a concomitant increase in the number of women who are dying in pregnancy-related childbirth. That would not be a million. That would be a lot lower than a million because a million women out of a million women, that would suggest that a million abortions would, if, if brought to term, a million of those women would die. That's obviously not true. So for me, an abortion prevented is a life saved. And you have to weigh that against what you're talking about, which is the life of, of the mother when it comes to a pregnancy. Now, even as a, a fan of, of pro-life position, and I am, I'm, I'm a deeply pro-life person, I still have an exception for the life of the mother. So if the life of the mother is endangered by a pregnancy, then abortion would be legal. That's true for every pro-lifer in the United States, by the way, including the most pro-life people, including me. So, you know, the... the I think that in order to make the argument that you're making, you would have to assume that there is no cost to abortion remaining legal in terms of lives lost. Okay, so you're doing it on a utilitarian basis. On, well, I'm doing it on a lives-saved basis, yes. Well, yeah, so, so, a, so utili sure, a utilitarian yes, basis, sure, right. Sure. So then if you look at comprehensive sex education, which the U.S. does not have, a lot of people in rural areas don't have any form of sex education, you yourself have said, and I quote, 
Um, on a general level, I don't think that teachers should be talking about sex in the classroom with kids at all at any age. Um, it's shown that comprehensive and correct sex education reduces rates of abortion and teen pregnancy. So then if your goal is to save lives, why do you not support comprehensive sex education? Because it I, seems like your goal is something else. No, because the these, first of all, I would like to see the studies that you're citing in support of that. Um, so the, so th that study idea. is the University of Washington. Okay, study. and there are plenty of other studies in the United States that suggest essentially no difference in, for example, unwed pregnancy in the United States. In can I have those studies? What, can you, can you have them? You can look at the pregnancy rates in California, New York, Massachusetts. I just gave you my reference. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to get, I'm happy to email you references if you so choose. <laughs> but to say, I mean, th this does happen to me. This does happen to be a topic where there is social science on both sides. I'm not, I'm not saying that, you're, that the study that you're citing isn't valid. I'm just suggesting that there is uh, a, a difference in, in data methods. And I'm suggesting that the, the single motherhood rates in the West with comprehensive sex education are miles higher than they were in, say, the 1950s when there was not comprehensive sex education. So obviously that has not militated against the amount of unwed pregnancy happening in society. So the, the idea that the cure-all here is comprehensive sex ed, if you could prove to me, let's put it this way, if you could prove to me that comprehensive sex ed did result in lower levels of abortion, lower levels of unwed pregnancy, and that, that it was values neutral, comprehensive sex ed, in the sense that what it was actually teaching is, here is how to prevent a pregnancy without ending it in abortion, then I, I actually don't have a huge problem with that. It depends on the age at which you're teaching kids. There are, other, there are other issues that I have with comprehensive sex ed, including the fact that what is taught is not sim the simple biology of sex and how to prevent a pregnancy. Comprehensive sex ed simply goes a lot further than that, and I have serious moral problems with that. It seems like you're just trying to force women into motherhood, not save lives. And, I mean, just to respond briefly to that, I'm, I'm confused as to... Uh, the, the very language of, of forcing women into motherhood suggests that in a vast, vast, vast majority of cases in which women get pregnant, they had no part in the actual pregnancy-making act, which is not true. I've, I've done nothing. I, when, when you get, if you or any of your friends get pregnant, that is generally not having anything to do with, with me, per se. So I'm confused as to why I would want you to force anything. The Republicans, by contrast, have not changed their language at all. They've stuck with pro-life, thinking the word life would have some meaning to the public at large. It doesn't. It's been branded as conservative Christian and right to life. That says to most people that abortions will be banned, and we're back to The Handmaid's Tale. Can the left and the right find common ground on abortion? Maybe. But if they can't, the Democrats will keep winning because they have tied pro-life to oppression. What if instead the messaging was pro-pregnancy? It sounds like supporting mothers. Pro-baby. Everyone loves babies. Pro-motherhood. Motherhood that applauds and celebrates how women have been empowered since the dawn of civilization. Pro-feminist. The Democrats have dumped the word feminist. Why not pick it back up on the right and give women who want to fight for women's rights a new home? In other words, if the abortion debate begins to shift to celebrating mothers and women in general for this miraculous thing they and they alone can do, it might become something more than just a debate about whether or not women can abort their babies. It can be about the one thing the Democrats have abandoned, the celebration of women specifically. The Empowered Woman 
I was raised on abortion and gun control as the life or death issues I was supposed to care about. I was expected to lie to myself and to others about abortions, that they don't matter, that you won't regret them, that it's just a clump of cells, that the planet is better off without another mouth to feed in an overpopulated world. I lived the feminist lie, thinking it was the right path. Serve yourself, please yourself, find your bliss, fix what's wrong, chase your career, have endless sexual experiences, change the world, never let anyone gaslight you or abuse you or take you for granted. Our list of demands just kept growing. How to satisfy the empowered woman who can never be satisfied. I tumbled around life aimlessly, going to college, then dropping out, trying to be an actress and failing, chasing relationships that seemed like love but were just sex. I had no religion, I had no sense of purpose. All I knew was that I had to make something of myself, because that is what the Roe v. Wade bargain was. Have an abortion and do something with your life. Well, I did something with my life. I built a business. I chased my dreams. Yet the crazy thing about it is that the only thing I've done that has had any meaning for me whatsoever was giving birth to and raising my precious child. And it's not even close. That was my purpose in life. Motherhood. I just realized it too late. I realized it after chasing everything else I thought would matter, but that now, with the wisdom of age, I know never did. Eventually, my demographic would not be the most desired for corporations to chase, as Generation Z rose to prominence over the past decade or so. Then what were we? Dissatisfied angry women asking to speak to the manager? Purposeless women with all this empowerment we didn't know what to do with? Now that the left had abandoned our cause and moved on to intersectionality, for me, I had abortions in spite of my desire to have those babies, a desire that is an evolved trait for most women or should be. Even if I convinced myself that it didn't matter, or I tried to find a way to justify it in my mind, or I just tried not to think about it, eventually, in the quiet of the night, my thoughts always take me back to the choices I made that I now have to live with. I'm not blaming anyone. I take responsibility for all of it, but I feel compelled to help other women understand what they're doing when they choose to eliminate the hope of a child and how that might haunt them in later years like it has me. I don't go a day without thinking about what might have been and the heartache is unbearable. To say I regretted having abortions is mostly verboten on the left because it betrays the feminist promise of ambition and freedom over motherhood. You can have it all, we were all told back in the 90s, when annual abortions topped 1 million. For podcast listeners, a graphic from Pew that has a look at the changing number of legal abortions since the 1970s. Of course, the GOP could help change the entire debate if they also weren't so rigid when it came to marriage and social services to help young mothers raise their children. There's not always a man who wants to be involved. There's not always a traditional or stable home life. There's not always money. Changing the abortion debate is going to require a hard look at things like teen pregnancy, single motherhood, supporting mothers who stay home with their babies, communities of older women to help care for the babies, better maternity leave, and better mental health support. All of that has to be part of the conversation if you're going to convince women to keep their unwanted pregnancies. 
Yet I can't help but think we will all regret our casual disregard for life someday in the near future, when life becomes precious because it is so rare. How can we be so sure we're doing the right thing, when it's only been my lifetime that we all had millions of abortions without even thinking about it? It will take a half a century, probably, before civilization catches up to the disaster of population decline. Only the future generations will see, as with gender-affirming care, who was on the right side of history and who was not. As for me, I will spend the rest of my life mourning what might have been, the faces I might have known, the grandchildren that might have been born, and find a way to forgive myself for foolishly following a movement I did not fully understand. Thank you for listening to my Substack, sashastone.substack.com. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. And remember, to thine own self, be true.
And hear my voice like a sin. 